Hey guys, this is Table Talks with Atares, an inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our table. I'm Ash. And I'm MJ. And today, we talked about knowledge versus wisdom. What did we have to say about that, love? A lot of our conversation was digging a little bit deeper into mm-hmm. a post that I made about um, mistaking confidence for competence. Mm-hmm. And how sometimes we can be unconsciously incompetent. Right. Um, but I think... Oh, and on, on top of that, that just because you know about something doesn't mean you have the wisdom to be able to apply it correctly. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, but yet, I think there's like a societal trend towards positioning ourselves as subject matter experts. Um, and... To validate our own experiences. To validate our experiences, but also I think because we have all of this access yeah. to information. Right. And so there's already that pull, but then the access in- to information makes things all so-, so much worse. Yeah. We talk about kind of some of the implications of that. I don't even know, you know, all of the implications Right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I don't know what it means to be a parent raising children in, in the information age. Yeah, yeah it's definitely yeah. new. It's definitely some something that I think we're still. Well, you and I are still definitely like on in the early innings of like yeah. figuring that out. Yeah. But I think societally wise too, like this stuff is new. Yeah, I think legislation hasn't even like caught up to it yet. It's constantly going to keep trying to catch up with it. Yeah. So. so there you have it. There you have it. Enjoy. So today we wanted to talk about um, the post that you wrote a while back, mistaking confidence for competence for confidence. Did I get that right? And really what it boils down to is the difference between knowledge and wisdom and that one isn't the other. I mean, describe to me like what's, what are you seeing around or how are we ourselves caught in this trap of information hoarding? information hoarding but also just like unfettered access to information and how that's shaped really just how we live our lives compared to you know you referenced there in the past we didn't have the ability to google everything and now we just google everything right so yeah we actually had to use our brains to come up with answers (laughs) right or we just had to sit there and be like what was that guy in that one movie that one time long ago and he just kind of like you don't know and you can't look it up and you just moved on in your conversation. Yeah. I can't even imagine that kind of a world yeah. now, you know? And then even more so today where it's moving even further into this space where there's um, the, the massive data that's out there is now yeah. being curated for you in uh, chat GPT, that AI where you could literally yeah. ask any question. That is insane. Right. That's, that sounds like scary stuff. Yeah. And so it's it's organizing this data. Yeah. Like where, scary smart is what I mean. Right. Yeah. But like you can also ask it to write a story for you yeah. with these characters at a specific setting. And it's wild how fast it can do that. Fast it can do it and just how descriptively accurate it is. Right. And so information is moving at this speed. But then there's also just for us as humans a way that we feel about I think we're still unaware exactly of how we should handle this level of information that we have access to. Yeah. 
Um, and, and we're kind of growing with how fast the technology is developing. Would yeah. you say that's and I think that's impacting a lot of things. It's impacting us in the workplace yeah. as leaders, as employees. Parents. It's impacting us as parents, for sure. Um, I think in so many areas of yeah. life. And so um, I think what kind of made me start thinking about this in the first place was how many times people, I would explain something that I was going through yeah. experientially and people who have never experienced that same thing yeah, or that season of life maybe is more accurately mm-hmm. what I'm talking about would have these massive assumptions about it of what they would or wouldn't do in that situation that maybe differed from the way that I was handling it. And, and not intentionally just, you know, unintentionally off the cuff, make these comments of like, well, you know, I would never be like this or I would never make that kind of a decision or, you know, whatever. And I just begin to wonder, like, what is causing, because I know I do it too. Yeah. You know, before we were married, I had all kinds of assumptions about like, oh, you know, we know everything, da, 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 you know, Um, before your parents Mm -hmm. felt the same way. And it's like, what causes, what is causing us? Because I think I'm seeing this as a societal thing. Um, I saw it in the workplace as well when I was, you know, training other people in leadership positions or like this confidence that they would have surrounding something that they experientially have not been able to actually put into practice. So maybe they know a lot about something. Oh, I see. But don't actually have experience of applying it to be able to verify or evidence the assumptions that they're making about how they would act in that situation. You know what I mean? I gotcha. And so it's like you have, how can you be so confident in what there's no evidence to substantiate at all what you're saying. And so, but then I started to see like, man, this like unfettered access to information gives us this false sense of confidence in our incompetence. So this is different from somebody who actually does know everything and, you know, has the experience and is a subject matter expert. You're talking about people who, position themselves that way right but also position themselves that way after they've been able to take in what you said digest it research it come up with rebuttals and now come back to work the next day and be like well actually ashley i looked this up in chapter verse this and that it's not actually that way that you should do it you should do it this way and they have no like they're a new hire for example sure you've trained a lot of people yeah that's one area yeah um but i would also see it in even less formal ways because it's typically we how i would see this play out let's just take the workplace in the workplaces people would say well young people are coming in with this confidence in their incompetence like they're they're unconsciously incompetent because they are inexperienced right they don't know what they don't know right and so but they would be so confident Mm -hmm. as if they did know mm-hmm. and it's not I'm not that's not to say that they didn't maybe study a lot or come in with good knowledge about things mm-hmm. but knowing about something and knowing how to apply that information in a sp- specific setting in a specific circumstance with specific people is totally different as a totally different thing and what works in one setting okay. might not work in another setting in the same way right. what do you do in that situation so so there isn't that application experience but that 
you know, you feel really good about what you do because you were able to research it and you found a bunch of how-to videos or read a bunch of articles. Yes, but I think that's translating into every area of life. Parenting. Yeah. People who are not parents who can have access to all this information about parenting or can watch other people who are parenting, who are vlogging or, you know, whatever. And so they're filling their minds with all this information about parenting, but have zero experience in it and forming all these assumptions, you know? You know, the rebuttal against that is that there's actually a great level of comfort that comes with being able to follow something to the T. I mean, take take Babywise, for example, right? Where you come in as a new parent. We're going to go there. (laughs) Um, and, and we, we like practiced some of the tenets of baby wise when we first started with Evie and, and now being a two time parent, man, like there are some principles in there and this is where it comes back to like, we are, we've had the knowledge because we read the book. Mm -hmm. There are these principles that it abides by and you know, and, and we kind of stuck to it, whether or not it was for the good or for the worse. Right. Um, but through that, you know, we learned the mistakes along the way. We had great success al- along the way as well. Like yeah. Goods and, good things and bad things. But if we were to just blindly follow it without looking at ourselves and be like, hey, in this season, maybe we shouldn't have done that. We should have done this. And and we're actually doing a lot of that with Judah now. Right. But that like, I think that's a perfect example of where you take a piece of knowledge and you just blindly apply it to a situation without assessing, you know, the in, the other inputs that could be in place. Exactly. Or, or the things that you actually shouldn't be like just going by the book 100% of right. the time. And sometimes the results produce... If the, the results are good, like what yeah. you wanted as an outcome, but it's not because of necessarily what you were doing. Like there yeah. are other factors in, at play, you know, like Evie is just, like, she loved the girl loves sleep. She's not a morning person. So like some of the things that were characteristic that we were seeing of her was not necessarily because we were maybe even implementing it correctly. Right. You know what I mean? It's because of who Evie was. Right. And so, that's some of it I think is that sometimes we get results since we're so like input output oriented Mm -hmm. as a society Mm -hmm. sometimes results affirm yeah maybe what was even like our bad our bad inputs yeah so that's what I'm trying to say is (laughs) but we don't know that yeah that's what I'm trying to say is that if you did not take the time to check whether or not the process itself was what would led to the success of right. what your, um, you know, what your outcome right. was. Right. You could be lured into believing that it was because of what you had that um, caused it to be successful, or exactly. the process that you followed. And so exactly. you choose. So, like for us, we are not doing baby wise right. for Judah, and we're not following it to the T. And and there's you know things that we have learned because of baby wise. But it would probably be harmful to him had yeah. we just yeah. blindly said, well, it's it's 8.50, it's time for X, Y, Z, and really learn like some of the, and then even like, even the processes themselves may even say that it's not as stringent as it needs to be yeah. or as it's laid out, but there's that need for evaluating that should happen. Right. Otherwise, you just like, 
yeah, you like build yourself up and saying, oh, well, we worked, it worked with us with BabyWise and we should just continue using BabyWise and everybody should do BabyWise and BabyWise right. is great for everything right. in every situation. And it's not. Yeah. So I think there's, there's two sides to that. I think uh, in general, we're just maybe not good at self-evaluation. When it goes wrong, we're maybe more inclined to because the results were undesirable. Yeah. So you kind of have to like troubleshoot to some extent, right? When the results go well, yep. we definitely don't self-reflect. And like, what made it go so well? So an example of what I'm talking about could be, let's say at church, you know, I'm not talking about our church, but I'm just saying a church <laughs> is going to roll out this new program they've come up with. And they yep. get a massive response from people wanting to be a part of this. So it must be the program. Program. So it must be the program. Yeah. Or it must be our leadership or our marketing or yeah. our da -da -da, fill in the blank. Right. And maybe it's just that we're coming off the tails of like people being feeling maybe really lonely and isolated. And yeah. like it was ripe for the opportunity for people to jump on board right. to that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the example of the results don't always reflect what got us. Yeah there in the first place right but we think yep or maybe assume especially if we're the ones in charge of it or leading it mm -hmm. that it was because of us mm -hmm. that they were desirable that the results were yeah. desirable you and know? so tie that back to like unfettered access to information i feel like it makes the problem worse because then you can be put in an echo chamber of all of the people that agree with the process that worked yep and and you are just like surrounded with information that affirms this particular process, this particular way to run a church or yep. whatever. And it just builds up that confidence in you to be like, well, look, there's all of these other data points I have collected through the internet that affirm that this is the correct way of thinking about it yeah. without question. Yep. And, you know, I, you know, like you wrote here, I don't have to own my mistakes or poor decisions because they weren't my idea. I have all of these data points out there. Yeah, they were recommended up. to me. Right. So yeah, so another piece of it that I'm seeing is a lack of ownership when the results, with the results, Yikes, because babe. it wasn't, I, like I don't have yeah. to take ownership of that because it right. wasn't my idea. It was recommended to me. I found it, I saw it, yeah. you know? So now I'm like bucking ownership of my own decision-making mm -hmm. because I'm getting this information elsewhere mm -hmm. and I'm trying to model after that. So yeah. I think that's a piece of it as well is that like, I don't have to be responsible for my decisions Yeah. because that wasn't, it wasn't my idea right. in the first place. I, it's, it's out there. Right. It's, this is what these people were doing and it's just, you know, didn't work for us. Yeah. That's tough. It is tough. One of the quotes that I put in there was by Martin Lanick in his book, The Leader Habit, which is an amazing book, I feel like, for any leader. Um, he said, ignorance becomes a double curse for the unskilled. They make many mistakes because they don't have the skills they need and their lack of skill makes it impossible to recognize when they make mistakes. Right. So that kind of goes back to what we were talking about leading to this unconscious incompetence, but yet the ability to be so confident in that. Mm -hmm. Do you think some of that, because initially I, I said initially what kind of struck me was feeling like I would explain an experience and someone would have an assumption about mm -hmm. something 
but like totally lacking in experience yeah. in that particular area. That's like an example of that. Um, so I remember a friend sharing with me even something as simple as how the newborn stage feels a little bit like survival at first. You're in survival mode. These are the words that right. she used to describe this to me. Yeah. Um, she said, you know, it feels like life is going to flip upside down right. for a little bit of time. And when it flips right side up, nothing's going to look the same. Yeah. When I was listening to that on the other side, not being on her side, pre-children, yeah. that sounded like it had a negative spin to me. Right. Um, or like she was complaining about. Not complaining, was- but it sounded really hard. And I just didn't know if that would be the hard that I would experience. I see. So like I like, might be ex- oh, that, exempt. That might, that might, that be might have been you. your experience, right. but like, I don't know if that'll be my experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she was absolutely like when I went through that experience, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. That's what she meant. Yeah. I know exactly what she meant. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't negative. It mm-hmm. wasn't like she was being 100% mm-hmm. honest with me mm-hmm. in a way I'm really, really grateful for. Um, but not having her lens or her experience, like looking at it simply through the life that I live where I get to, you know, make my own decisions and get up when I want to and feed, you know, have a warm meal because I'm not trying to feed, you know, other people and there's yeah. meltdowns and, you know, like all these logistical things, these pieces in my mind, these like nuanced aspects of like yeah, what would actually get in the way of what I think that, you know, whatever that hardship is, like the things that would lead up to that, I have yeah. no idea like what to right. fill that in with, you know? Yeah, it's funny. You probably like, you probably thought of your day today as the same as how you experienced it before. Exactly. Exactly. But you add a child. Exactly. Within the parameters. And it's no different. Like my day looks exactly the same. Except now I just have this like baby with me. Right. And you have to take care of the child from like eight to five. And then you can clock out at five. It's just, yeah. Anyways. So that's like one example of like, I had so much confidence that, you know, what she was maybe saying was for her. Yeah. But not necessarily for me, you know? Um, and I don't know if that's the best example, but just an example where I was very confident in my incompetence. Yeah. (laughs) Like I had zero experience. Well, another love, I mean, not to throw you under the bus, but I think most of your time before Evie came was focused on the laboring like how to labor well. Yeah, I think, yeah. And for me as a first time mom, I'm not going to say this universally to everybody, but yeah. for me, that's all I thought about. Exactly. And so, <laughs> and, and I don't, you know, I don't know if that's any, if you could have thought of anything else, because how do you, you think just about don't know exactly. what to fill that in with. Right. Yeah. And, and how, you know, the whole labor processes out, it's like such a most. small blip. Exactly. Compared There's like to like so much more you got to be thinking about. Right. Look, where <laughs> two days after you deliver the baby, you're bringing the baby home and you're like, okay, now what? Right. Yeah. Like, there's a we lot. We didn't watch yeah. any YouTube videos on this. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot. And so there's like, there's like that directional piece of, there is a lot of info out there that can end up actually distracting you from yes. focusing on, you know, specifically in that instance, Again, it's not that there was there would have been other videos or things like that, but but there's so much available out there that you can consume your time for exactly on what you said. One specific thing for yeah. a blip. Yep. 
yep. comparatively. In but your I had no journey. idea that I was yeah. focusing on the blip. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I think so, I'm focusing on the important thing. And it's not that it's not important. Right. But there are some but it's more. A blip. There are importanter things. In the, in the scope of my motherhood. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, right. And so that's the other pitfall of unfettered access to information is that you can go into this like just rabbit holes. Yeah. Of just, all right. So yes, doula, no doula, breathing exercises, these herbs, this position. I mean, like, you know, and I learned all of this <laughs> just like from just being a passive participant. I didn't even watch any of these things. I just heard it. And, um, and that's the danger. Honestly, it, it's, it, it's a danger to, I think, have that unfettered access is one. But then two, also um, to feel like you don't have a guide. Yeah. To help you direct your thoughts in a certain way. Yeah. And man, there's so many instances probably maybe in my own life yeah. where, you know, I could have directed my, man, I get into trouble with this with you a lot when... I just get hyper focused on something that I like say I want to buy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you go and, into full fledged research. And there's it. like eighteen reviews of this certain watch that yeah. you can buy. Yeah. And how it's like such a magical movement. And there's this review on like how because it's built in Japan. You know, like just, it's just such a world out there. And before you know it, you've spent hours and hours and hours like looking f- like re- doing this research. And if it's not somebody on the outside being like, hey, babe, you know, you should incentivize yourself. But until then, you should re- it's not going to dra- dramatically change the outcome right. of, you know, your life. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. On, based on how much like proportionally owning this particular watch is a blip compared to directionally where your life should be, you know, what, what it should be focused on and that's the other issue is that like the unfettered access provides these wormholes. Yeah. And without that guide, you feel like you can go into it yourself and you can totally get lost. Right. And I I wrote this specifically in the post, but I think what we're really searching for is wisdom. Yeah. How do I apply this? How is this going to impact me? Right. How is it going to make my life better or my team better or my family better or like that's what we're really searching for is not just like the information itself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but wisdom is not something, it is something that you can pass on through experience, but each experience is also unique. unique. Yep. And so what worked for one person in one situation is not necessarily going to be as helpful to another person in a different situation. Yeah. And so that's, the hard piece is that you can't ride on the coattails of somebody else's wisdom. Right. You have to be willing to fail yourself. You yeah. have to be willing to do the thing yourself. And so I, I heard a lot of people, I did a lot of coaching mm-hmm. in my previous job, um, employee, you know, professional, like development, development. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. And I would hear people say all the time, you know, these promotional opportunities would come up, but they would be timid to go for them because they were lacking in experience. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of it's kind of like credit, where it's like you need credit to have credit, but how are you gonna get credit? 
you know what i mean it's like that thing and experience is the same way it's like you need experience (laughs) yeah you need to get experience but how you gotta get experience yeah if you need experience in that area the one i think about is uh the a bartending job Mm -hmm. you need to have previous experience to be a bartender but in order to become a bartender you need to have right previous experience right exactly or or like yeah i'm not saying that right but like there's just no i know exactly what you mean yeah. yeah it's yes and so the thing is, I think especially for those who are maybe bent more towards valuing excellence or mm-hmm. competence, wanting to achieve some level of a comp- of competence before yeah. stepping into a position. The thing is, competence comes from experience. It's it doesn't just come from knowledge alone. That gets you like in the door, mm-hmm. but it's your experience that's going to carry you through. Right, and you you have to unpack experience slightly too because just experiencing something might not be good enough. You have to, at times, also know how to fail well. And what I mean by that yeah. is that when something doesn't work out, to be able to look back and say, okay, why did it not work out? What were some of the things that I did yes. that caused this to not work out and how do I not repeat this again? And I think a trap in that is that a lot of people will miss that part. Mm-hmm. Leaders will be like, oh, well, we didn't, you know, we didn't meet our quota because the economy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what part of your leadership contributed to the failure? Right. You have to own that. There's a piece that belong, of the pie that belongs to you. Own it. Mm-hmm. Or else this thing that caused the failure is external from mm-hmm. you and you can do nothing to change it. It's outside of your control. Right. right, you're making it an external logos of control. Yeah, at some point you have to own your the failure, even yeah. if you had a small part. Right, and so th- I think that can be a trap for people as well. Right, and it it probably also is what drives people to look for this information in the first place because they're afraid of failing. Right, so they're afraid of um, making a mistake going into it, and they're also the reason they don't feel confident about something that they have no experience in is because maybe they feel like up to this point they've been able to not fail right and you know or just that they were able to kind of like successfully get to where they're at and they can't afford to fail yeah and so in some cases that's that's quite you know that that's legit like you you should try not to fail and but unfortunately in some instances it requires you actually experiencing that in order to gain the wisdom for it to, you know, you know, back to just the analogy with us in parenting that like we did things wrong with Evie right. and we had to acknowledge that yep. we had to say like that, that didn't work. Yeah. So, and unfortunately our oldest is going to be like our guinea pig at, at all times because we're figuring things out being with her being the oldest. Yeah. Um, and to take that and learn from it, is is uh is really what's going to help you become a better parent yeah. even for her but also just in part you know more specifically for the her other you know her her brother yeah. her other siblings and so yeah um but that shouldn't stop you from being a parent to Evie for the fear of failure right right and so it's like at some point you've got to grab the steering wheel and actually like drive it yourself rather than yeah. just looking at instructions directions and maps yeah yeah you've got to be willing to 
step into the risk of failure Mm -hmm. or else you will never grow in competence, I think. Um, And I will add, you know, the other side to that is that kind of you're saying just because you have experience doesn't mean you're going to grow in competence. I would agree with that too. I've seen leaders who have been in their positions for 20 years and think that, you know, just because they've existed in an organization that makes them a competent leader. And that's just not how it works. Yeah. Um, if you are unwilling to be growing and improving and continuing to gain, I mean, there is a sense of needing to continue to gain knowledge. Yeah. Or continue learning. That's what I mean. Yeah. Continue to learn. Yeah. If you're unwilling to do that, then just because you have quote unquote 20 years experience yeah. in that role doesn't qualify you, you know? Um, and so public sector, we're talking to you. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a lot of places, yeah, honestly, know. you know, the places where you hear, oh, well, no, that's the way we've always done it around right. here. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I think this can be a vicious cycle. For sure. Where we are, we have access to unfettered, you know, information. Mm-hmm. Just it's available. And everything. Yeah. Right. That can lead to a lot of things. People who have the most influential voices. There you go. Being the ones to drive our decision making. Right. Rather than the people who are the most educated and. Actually. actually yeah. Actually yeah. competent, you know. Right. And we're moving from like peer reviewed to like. Influencer. Influencer. Yeah. yeah. Society. I would say, especially in the health field, that's a massive danger because now it's like, oh, do these things. Take this thing. If uh-huh. you have this problem, do uh-huh. this thing. And uh-huh. these people are not doctors. Right. right. And instead of, it's it's not only causing us to do things that could be potentially detrimental to us, it's causing a distrust of people right. who are actually competent. Yeah. Like you said, it puts a bad name on people who are actual experts mm-hmm. because the expert advice that they are receiving in snippets is actually bad advice. Right. Uh, because we're, I think, also too, with the information being smaller packaged and like shorter videos, mm-hmm. you know, bite sized information runs the danger of applying spec- specific situations from things that were gen- general principles. Yeah. And that like, you know, I think of keto being like, you know, we're talking about health. So keto being like something that could help somebody. I think it started with because it helped people who had seizures. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you know, we, we did it and whatever. But. <laughs> um, R.I.P. Right. <laughs> um, hello, all way, all this weight that we gave back. Um, <laughs> new year, <Yeah>. new me. <laughs> right. But that like, you know, you could just, because you hear that, that it helped with seizures. That, yeah. like, uh, it's not going to like cure you from seizures. Like we don't, we don't know that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you can just be like, oh, well, I heard that somewhere that it helps with seizure. You should try not having, you know, not eating any right, carbs it'll right. help you with your right. like, that's so dangerous it's like who dangerous. are you to say anything very, about anything yeah. without it you know and so especially with things going bite-sized with the information it becomes all the more dangerous um to you know just listen to these people that sound very convincing and apply that for your specific 
very specific health situation. So yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a lot there. It's like, you know, you have unfettered information. You can be unguided so you can stay in wormhole. Like you can get really sucked into it. Yeah. And affirming that w- the path that you're on is correct and that or justifying the amount of time you're spending on it. Right. Is is legitimate because of the vast information that you should consume. Yeah. Maybe for fear of not being able to do it well. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you want to do this well. You want to labor well. You want to buy the right watch. You know, varying levels of importance. Um, but because there's so much out there that you can consume, yeah, you get really suckered into it. And at some point you have to actually decide to, you know, to just do it or maybe just have somebody guide you through how much acknowledging, like how much time you're actually spending comparatively to how much change it's actually going to bring about right. in the grander picture. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder how much of our desire to maybe position ourselves as subject matter experts. This is, I fall, I fall in that trap too, you know, yeah. um, is to justify our experience. Like some of it is Ooh. because we want to be helpful, but how yeah. much of it is because we want to justify the experience that we had? Yeah. You know, right, I wonder right. that sometimes. Right. Because otherwise it's like, why did you go through that for if you can't share something that somebody can learn from well or or almost just i'm thinking about like flying with a toddler sure (laughs) and like all of these tips and again it's like not everybody has the same child i don't know if that's a good example to use but yeah or you know not every kid is in the same stage stage um yeah there's a there's a lot of different things and so maybe you know for us like we flew with a toddler and it was a very long ride it was like a 10-hour flight yeah uh we i forgot about this but (laughs) evie was drinking regular milk at the time and no remember she wanted a specific temperature yeah and we could not find warm water for the life of us right so we couldn't feed the girl she literally didn't eat and then we get on this plane for 10 hours. Yeah. They don't, they can't, for whatever reason, give us hot water on the plane. Mm-hmm. We're flying. She's hungry. Now she, you know, she's not able to sleep. Mm-hmm. She's tired. So there were just, you know, there's a lot of factors that were specific to our situation. Yeah. You know, and so then we're like, oh, flying with a toddler. Here's all these tips and somebody might have a great experience, you know? And it's yeah. just, that doesn't invalidate our experience. Yeah. You know, and so I think some, that's why I say, I wonder if some of it is because sometimes maybe specifically with, if we're giving advice about something that didn't go well mm-hmm. for us, maybe some of that is because we want to justify our experiences, you know? Yeah. No, I totally agree. What else you got? I think the last thing I would say is just knowledge is important knowing about something is important, Mm -hmm. right? But knowledge without application is ineffective. Mm. I think that applies to a lot of different areas in life, including faith. Yeah. You know, I think if we're saying we know stuff about God and the Bible, yeah, you know, we know all the, the Hebrew and the Greek and the, you know, whatever, Again, I'm not trying. <laughs> That's my like. Whatever. Good for you. Here's a sticker, you know. Yeah. But we're not actually using that in our life, or we are, 
you know, judgmental, we're right. <laughs> there's all this evidence of just totally not even applying what we're saying we're knowing. Like if you know all about Christ but you're not Christ like. Yeah. <laughs> then like that the truth point. that you know about, it's yeah. not like it's lost its power, but it's ineffective in your life. Wham bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. So true. And so I think it's that way outside of, you know, right. if we're talking about, you know, faith related things as well. I think, you know, the truth that you know from your degree that you've received, good for you. I'm, you know, it's yeah. not to like devalue the education that you had. Like it's an amazing privilege that we have. And also it's not the end all be all. Right. Like it's ineffective if you don't know how to apply it. Right. It's just a piece of paper. Yeah. You know? So. Well, good is a Harvard degree if you can't use it. <laughs> I mean, it's good for something. Yeah. But. No, it definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You feel good about that? It's as good as it gets, man. All right. Well, hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with the Tares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore dot com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.